welcome Mario Ferreira, the chairman of Mystic Invest Holding. Mario, so good to see you. Good to see you as well. It's a pleasure for me to interview you during this first ever Sea Trade event entirely focused on the expedition cruising market. And among the multiple tourism and business sectors you are working in, including river and ocean cruising, what drove you to invest in the expedition cruise sector? And what, in your opinion, is the special appeal of experiencing an expedition on a cruise ship? First of all, for us, it was like a natural growth because we have uh, dozens of uh, river cruises up to... 220 passengers each. That's the largest ones in the Rhine and the Danube. We are used to this type of crowd, let's say. It's a small group. It's intimate. Of course, being in the ocean is different than being in the rivers, but dealing with 200 passengers is dealing with 200 passengers. We thought for many years already that going to the ocean would be like a natural growth, as I, as I said. But we wouldn't be able to do it with the small vessels. And to do it with the small vessels, you need to be in a niche market. Why? Because, of course, price, because you cannot compete if you are a pretty large river cruise company. But to go into a sector with all these big players, I guess you have to be different. You have to position yourself in a niche market. That's why we decided to go small vessels, expedition mainly to go to remote areas, to places like the Arctic, the Antarctic, and to have an added value for our guests, having able to show them places where they can only experience with small vessels. That's pretty much how the idea started. On the second part of the question, you say, what's the pillar of doing it with a cruise ship? Well, there are some places around the world, like Antarctica, for example, that's much easier to do it with a ship. Of course, you can fly in in certain periods of the year, but then the conditions are difficult unless you go to these special bases and they are very limited to the amount of people that can be there. And it's mainly for scientists. So I don't think our regular tourists will get a place in one of those areas. And they still would not have as good conditions as we have aboard of our five-star plus vessels. So I think to places like that, it would be very hard to do it without a ship. Can you share Mystic's current engagement in the expedition sector, you know, giving us a fleet overview and what is planned for this year and beyond? Well, we started, as you know, with the World Explorer. Then uh, we have the Voyager that, unfortunately, it's been ready for a year and no passengers on board yet. It wasn't even christened, so it's in Lisbon waiting for this pandemic to slow down a little bit, and we expect to be in action around May. So then we have the Navigator almost ready as well. In a couple of months, will be out of the yard. We have the Voyager, which you can already see it's a full-grown vessel ready to be floating in a couple of months. Then we have the Seeker already in the block cutting stage and we have the Adventurer cutting still. So 
we have them all on a sequence and the sequence is going as I expected, unfortunately. They were coming out in times we don't need them, like the Voyager. We need them, but we're going to use them. But we maintain the spirit and we maintain the construction uh, schedule. I saw actually on uh, your LinkedIn, I saw you were down at the shipyard last weekend. Yes. That was nice for the shipyard workers to see you too. Yes, because motivation is a problem nowadays because even the fact the yard is working, but then they see the ship gets ready and then it doesn't get used. People get scared. They say, what are they going to do? Are they going to suspend? As has been happening all around the world. You know, most of the new orders were put on hold and suspended for the time being, which is not the case. And it's just situation where we need to go and uh, give them some motivation and also to see how things are going and uh, make sure that the vessels are being built as we expect in terms of quality and, and they are. Well, I'm sure they appreciated you uh, showing up at the yard and there was a nice picture of you sitting down and enjoying a meal, socially distanced meal, which was nice too. Yes, because that's uh, another thing. There was a huge debate even uh, across Portugal was, you know, large industries like this one. Should they be closed? Should they be open? And this is uh, an example of that you can leave. Of course, they have to build entire new cafeteria area. If you saw the pictures, so that makes my life easier. So you can see how great the conditions are. You actually have a table for two with an acrylic. If you don't look, you don't even see it. You don't actually have this feeling of isolation because you are distant table from table. You can have somebody in front of you, even though you have a, an acrylic in front of you or glass. But it's the way things are right now and you can live with it. And unfortunately, the way the has been able to keep the thousand plus jobs that they have over there. And I think all the workers are grateful for that as well. Yeah, I think that's great. If I may turn now to Atlas Ocean Voyages, you're a man with many hats or you own many companies. Atlas Ocean Voyages is Mystic's direct-to-consumer business unit that's being marketed to North America. It is in line for five new ships, as we mentioned. What is the status of the new building program? Can you share some insights into the brand and the ships? themselves and their planned deployment? In terms of deployment, we will have the first one, special interior design, which is the navigator. We hired a different interior designer company to do something more wow in terms of interior, the ship, in terms of technology, in terms of quality of construction, of steel components, electricity, engines, all of that is the same base, but then the design changes according to nationalities. So we have the first one, you also know, we operate with Quark and a French company called uh, Rivage du Monde. So that vessel, it's all around for these two companies, which we operate, but the tickets are sold within their brand. And the second one, which is the Voyager, it's for another one of our brands, which is Nico Cruises one of the largest river crews and now ocean operators in Germany, mainly for German, Austrian and Swiss markets. So that's also has another appeal 
German speaking language on board, English, but mainly German speaking on board. And then the navigator is the one that was in the interior design. It's like a mega yacht. It will cruise on the Riviera, or at the same time, they will be down in uh, Antarctica or Arctic or in the Med. So the, the interior design is will redefine these vessels and the service. And the service design is particular vessels for the North American market are very specially and thrilled thought out. Uh, we have uh, Alberto Liberty in Fort Lauderdale. We have uh, Ferdinand here in the head office and they've been with all our teams designing the product. And that's where we like to surprise people with, well, when you think there's nothing to be invented, in reality, according to this, no, we just want to make sure that we give the best we can, that even though we are the top end of the market, we still dare to say that we are value for money, okay? You can always buy champagne, you can buy bad champagne, or so, so champagne, or very good champagne, or with the price that people are, will be paying for this trip, make sure that they get the best experience, or if things go according to what we expect, that we will go above our guest expectations. Apart from the hardware, which is the cruise and the vessel itself, of course, staff is the main key, the important piece uh, of this puzzle. And fortunately, or unfortunately, but at the same time, fortunately, there are a lot of good people out in the market. Life has been easier for us to find the best of the best for obvious reasons, because the market shrunk down in terms of all these assets not only being stopped, but a lot of them being scrapped. So for the next couple of years, I think there will be excess labor, quality, good labor, which two or three years ago was totally different. But things have changed a bit on that. So that makes our life a little easier. And another big component in this will be, for example, the facility that you will have traveling with us to Antarctica, that you will get direct flight from the US, from Florida, straight to Ushuaia. That's a very long flight. Because there wasn't one direct, we decided to take the risk and charter airplane to do that. So I think the package that we'll put it together will be very convenient. And once again, okay, you might have been paying the same amount of money to have a business class ticket to go from uh, Miami or some airport in Florida down to Ushuaia, but you have to stop in the middle, you have to change and, you know, all these, after you tired of a town flight, still have to wait two or three hours, then the next plane would be a little late, and then do another two or three hour flight. So straight flight, it's very convenient, and uh, one of our bets as well for the product that we want to have, very interesting. How this flight, uh, it's around 11 and a half hours. It's a long way down to the Antarctica. Now, Mario, I believe your aspirations, and this has been widely reported over the last few years, that you initially wanted to have 10 ships in your fleet. You already have the two that are in the water, and then you have the five that are assigned to Atlas brand. That leaves three more. 
Are you looking to place orders for those three in the yeah. near future? And might they be built in Portugal as well? Are you able to share anything with us? <laughs> You're looking for something new. Okay, for now, we have no plans to build any new expedition vessels. That's for sure. Why? Because meanwhile, we stumble on a new opportunity, which is creating another niche market within the ones we have. So we have the river vessels, we have the expedition vessels, and now we are decided to bet as well on the 1,000 passenger vessels for ocean, of course, not for expeditions, but for small ship cruising, because expedition, in reality, you have capacity to have 200 passengers, but you never carry 200 passengers. When we are down in Antarctica, we carry around 180 passengers or 170. The rest is for professors and for all these expedition people that occupy the remaining cabins for, for passengers. So it's like a large yacht cruising, which is very particular. But then small vessel cruising, that's a thousand or below, something between six hundred and a thousand, as you know. So we had the opportunity to buy the Vasco da Gama. We investing a lot of money on this vessel. We totally changing the engines, redoing all the engines so that they can be tier three and they can have very low emissions. We changing all the sewage systems so they can become much greener ships. And the idea is to bet on this segment and make this grow as well. And this was forced and caused by COVID-19. And I think due to the world changing these new circumstances and the way travelers will come out of this with some scars, I don't know, it's not only a feeling, but the market saying that all ships will have a certain advantage and uh, we would like to continue to invest on that. So. We have this one, and we'll probably be looking at more in the future. Possibly second-hand rather than new build? Probably, yes, because it's much faster. This will go on for two or three years. In three years, hopefully, nobody will think about COVID-19 anymore. But until then, let's take opportunity of what's around the market. Okay, thank you very much. So just returning back to expedition, if I may, please. Do you think the expedition cruise market will look the same in, say, 2030, so like nine years, 10 years from now? How do you see it evolving? Well, let's hope that the weather and all this meltdown of the cat and stuff doesn't go any faster and that things stay either turn to better or stay more or less as they are today. In terms of passengers, we believe that will be probably even more in terms of number than they are today because the expedition cruising represents a very, very small amount of the whole of the industry. So when I say niche, it's a very, very small niche market. So it's not because of lacking of, of passengers because it's easy to see that a well-traveled passenger most likely We'll do two, three, four cruises on a regular cruise, and then we'll look at the speciality. Or you are some sort of a professor, or, or you have a different idea, uh, or you want to have a different experience, and you go. My feeling and what we see, and as much as we have traveled some of these cruises, you see that these are usually very well and experienced 
travelers, meaning that they pass through other companies, did other cruises around the world. They have this idea well programmed in advance to go to some remote area of the world where they can see something very special, learn about something very special. And that's that's a feeling. This is expedition. They are very, very, very special and team groups, most of them. And finally, Mario, if I may, is there a place that you have not yet visited that yes. when you do, you would choose to do it on an expedition cruise? An area that I have not been yet and that I would like to see. It's uh, around Vladivostok in Russia, close to Japan, Japan and the Pacific Russia, that area. Now the opportunities also around the Sea of Bearings and all those openings that you have through there. It's so remote. It's like, you know, you have Alaska on one side and you have this Russian Alaska on this side and Siberia on the other side. Going through those areas there, there will be opportunities to see incredible areas, not only with mountains, with uh, ice everywhere and uh, ice lakes and experiences that you can have on these remote areas that very few people have seen. And that's we're always searching for. And I would like to be there first. Well, Mario, thank you for sharing your thoughts and your insight with us today. We very much appreciate it. And good luck with all your ventures in various areas. You are a very agile and respected character who I think I try to follow you, but it's almost impossible to keep up with what you're doing next because you're always thinking outside the box. So good luck with that, particularly on the expedition side and take care. Thank you very much and see you soon.